Changemakers, welcome back to the Engage for Good podcast. I'm your host, Allie Murphy. In today's episode, I sit down with Leah Rothschild, founder and CEO of Packed with Purpose, and Mary Finley, Chief People Officer of the Advance Group, to discuss the importance of internal and external justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives, and how their organizations are advancing these efforts. We talk about JEDI committees, internal neurodiversity initiatives, leveraging ERGs, listening to employee feedback, having diverse content, internal and external DEI best practices, and the power of language. It's quite the conversation. Packed with Purpose is a woman-owned business on a mission to create meaningful social impact while strengthening human connections. It's a corporate gifting company that partners with purpose-driven brands to create gift boxes that give back to causes like poverty and education. Advanced group companies provide talent opportunities, staffing, and recruiting services, and outsourcing solutions for a variety of clients and industries. In today's episode, we'll explore the importance of JEDI programs in the workplace and how they relate to driving social impact, why terminology matters and how to select a language that makes sense for your organization, how Packed with Purpose and Advanced Group approach JEDI and some of the initiatives they've implemented, how Packed with Purpose's work extends into its supply chain, the challenges that companies face when creating JEDI programs and how to overcome them, the importance of continuous learning and the role of education in advancing JEDI efforts and really a, a growth and a learning mindset. You'll also get ideas you can implement next week to improve your organization's JEDI work and examples of great consumer-facing JEDI work. And with that, let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Packed with Purpose. Hi, Liat and Mary, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, Ali. Hi, good to see you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Okay, so to kind of set the stage before we dive in, Liat, would you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself and Packed with Purpose? Sure. So as you know, I'm the founder and CEO of Packed with Purpose. We're a corporate gifting company with a societal impact located in Chicago. And we focus on helping clients or companies send great gifts that also create a social impact. And you also made the Inc. 5000 list this year. That is true. There's a, a, a lot of different accolades. I'm very proud of that and proud of the entire team who uh, enabled us to have that great achievement. That's wonderful. And if you had to tell us one fun fact about you outside of work, what would that be? I would have to say that I have four little kids. And so it's both fun and sometimes very chaotic, but very fulfilling. <laughs> I like that. All right, Mary, what about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So as you know, I'm the chief people officer for a company called Advanced Group. Um, I've been leading the people and culture group here for the last five and a half years. Uh, we're a professional services firm. We're headquartered in Chicago. Uh, we provide professional services in the human capital space, as well as in the clinical research space. So a big part of our business is in um, supporting drug development and rare disease mm. and oncology. So uh, it's a really fulfilling company to be a part of. Um, I personally focus on making the corporate world, um, I try to make it more human, more empathetic, yep. uh, more impactful in, in what we do. So uh, it's, a, it's a great place to be. I like all of those topics, making work more human, all these pieces. Okay. So if you had to share something fun about yourself, not work related, what would that be? 
Yeah. Um, something's fun. I will say the one thing that I really enjoy doing outside of work is going to museums. So some people might, oh. you know, is that a fun fact or an interesting fact? But um, yeah, same thing. <laughs> in Chicago, where we live, there's so many amazing museums. And then when we travel, my family, we always go to different museums on the road. It could be art, science, history, really anything. And that's how we like to spend our time. That sounds lovely. We have a high desert museum here in Bend, Oregon, of all places. And my parents just moved to town. They went, I think, a week and a half ago. And he sent me a video of an otter. And I had forgotten that they'd gone to the museum. I haven't been yet. It is on my list. And I was very confused on where this otter was coming from in the great outdoors, which it was not. It made more sense after that. Amazing. (laughs) Okay. Anywho, different organizations have different approaches to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Some call it DEI. Some call it JEDI. Some include belonging or access. What terminology do each of you use and why? Maybe, Liat, we'll start with you. Sure. So at Packed with Purpose, we refer to uh, this type of focus as JEDI. So justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. And I think that for us, we include the J for justice because at the end of the day, Uh, that's maybe the highest order of all of these elements coming together. And so, you know, that feels the most appropriate where it's not, you know, diversity or equity and inclusion, but really having justice be, let's say, the the capstone of all of those efforts. Mm -hmm. That's also how Big Brothers Big Sisters of America, that's the terminology that they use. Mary, what about you at Advanced Group? Yeah. Um, so we actually use DEI and social impact. So that's what we consider our, our focus area. It's relatively recent for us. We started in this space over five years ago when we started as just DNI, just diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. And then we um, added equity and social impact to it as an important evolution, really how we've progressed in our thinking or in this space. Um, you know, the equitable experiences and uh, expanding for that social impact piece. So it's really interesting, the Jedi, because we define social impact as where we can create significant and positive change, um, where we can solve or at least attempt to address societal injustices or challenges. So it's like our J, um, Mm -hmm. but we kind of tack it on there as social impact. Okay, so let's dive into that a little bit more. What are some internal DEI and social impact initiatives that you have implemented recently? Um, Well, I'm happy to share. So recently, um, kind of the biggest thing that we've done in this last year is we were very, very focused on neurodiversity uh, in our organization. And so um, we have an amazing director of DEI and social impact. Uh, Her name is Victoria Hill, who took on this work, and she's really led the charge. And so we created uh, in-house uh, training and, and different um, experiences for our staff to learn more about neurodiversity, um, really, you know, different ways that brains work and, and really gaining a better understanding from a leadership perspective on what we can do to support and enable neurodivergent talent in our workplace. And it's been amazing. Um, the amount of participation, the interest level from all across our global workforce in this topic. And what um, was born out of it was a new employee resource group for us. So we had a lot of employees kind of raise their hand and say, this really resonates with me. Um, And so we've had a new ERG set up, focus groups across the globe. And again, just a ton of momentum um, on this newer topic for us. That's really exciting. And how big, I know you're global. How big are you? Yeah, yeah, just a little over 800 internal employees. Uh, We work with several thousand consultants across the globe. Um, And we're, I think we're on almost 
country number 17. The last five years, we've expanded um, from just being domestic to being global. And so it's been a really amazing part of our journey. And it's impacted our DEI and social impact journey for sure, going from a kind of local focus to a global focus. Absolutely. Okay. So you mentioned coming out of this neurodiversity work, there's a new ERG. Do you have other ERGs or is this your first one and you're looking at expanding from there? Um, No, this is actually our newest. So um, I think our first, I think our first was probably our our global women's council. um, Mm -hmm. If I think back to the chronological order, Um, but we have uh, an ERG called bridge uh, for our people of color, which is um, hopefully I get the acronym right. Um, building relationships in diverse global environments is what bridge stands for, for us. Uh, and the team, you know, crafted that, uh, for their ERG. We have an LGBTQIA plus, uh, group called PRISM, um, our global women's council, and now the neurodiversity employee resource group. We have a couple others that are kind of forming some thought right now. Um, and we really let our ERGs, you know, they self-create. And so they come out of needs. And uh, But neurodiversity is our most recent one that's been established. And Leah, what about at Pact with Purpose? What are some kind of recent JEDI initiatives that you've put into, into work? Yeah. And let me just say, you know, it's wonderful here speaking and hearing some of the things that Mary's sharing, because it's wonderful to hear how other folks, you know, in the industry or in other industries are just thinking about DE&I work, um, you know, mm-hmm. bringing them to life. Um, so at Packed with Purpose, some of the things that we've done is we have a, uh, you know, our Jedi committee meets monthly. And one of the things that we've really spearheaded this year or that they have spearheaded is monthly learnings. And so okay. those monthly learnings, sometimes they're related to um, uh, different let's call it uh, heritage months uh, throughout the year. So for example, for Juneteenth, uh, we had a particular learning that was put together. And so we actually sent on Juneteenth by a neck order in the book to all employees. And then individuals were encouraged to read the book or at least the foreword before we had a learning day. And so part of the learning day was having different conversations and having prompts and then breaking out into small groups. And, you know, our team is remote. So it was a really mm-hmm. nice way to not only, you know, educate individuals, um, also have an opportunity to learn more about one another through the process of really, really bringing, a, you know, diversity, equity and inclusion topic to life. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing that we've done is... Um, providing knowledge and insight around, uh, you know, different D&I topics. And so one of the the topics that folks were interested in had to do with um, individuals that have uh, developmental disabilities. And specifically because we work with a lot of social enterprises who are working with this population, understanding some of the complexities around employing this population, serving this population, making sure that they get the support that they need. And so, uh, you know, for this particular scenario, we actually visited one of our impact partners, which is how we refer to our product suppliers. And we asked a lot of really detailed, specific questions on what does, what do wages look like? What do benefits look like? Um, You know, how do we make sure that you are upholding this population while providing them with the services that they need um, and really helping them advocate for them themselves. Uh, so it was a lot of a lot of questions, a lot of insight. And I think that it was 
you know, of tremendous value to individuals to really understand the complexities where you can't just ask a question around, you know, are you providing a fair wage? But it's really going beyond that to understand as an organization, how are you supporting individuals with disabilities, providing them with the right pay and dignified work environments? One of the things that you mentioned at the beginning is your Jedi committee. And I'm curious, how was this formed and who's on it? Yeah, a great question. Well, one of the things that I would say is, you know, this was also uh, self-created. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Packed with Purpose is a business where social impact is in our core, right? We've we've got the word purpose in our business name, but beyond that, you know, our entire mode of doing business has to do with social impact. And so this was formed really from individuals that said, beyond how we do business, let us create a Jedi committee so that we can be really intentional about bringing some of of these ideas to life. Um, and so it was, you know, it was through individuals basically raising their hand and saying, mm-hmm. I would like to have a committee. I want to form this committee. And, you know, I'm grateful for everyone at Packed with Purpose that has done so because, um, you know, it's really starting something from the ground up. And something that I think is wonderful is that we really have cross-department representation. And so that allows, you know, different people because they are different, but also the different perspectives that they have across the business coming together to help us think through, you know, how do we want the committee to operate? What are the topics that we want to be thinking about? And how can we put, um, you know, uh, our Jedi uh, objectives into the, the best place to achieve those throughout this year and the coming years? Okay, so one of the things that really strengthens this work is bringing in expert partners. Usually that's nonprofit partners, but it's not always nonprofit. So, Mary, we'll start with you on this one. Who have you partnered with on these DEI initiatives? Yeah, you know, I was um, when I think about our partner landscape, it's really quite deep. Um, and so I might share about a couple if that's OK. Yeah. You know, we um we have a really long-standing and deep relationship with uh, the Crystal Ray network of high schools across the country. And so um, for those that may not be familiar, it's a, a, um, a network of high schools that uh, is uh, a Catholic in nature, serves a community. And what they do is they put together a work study for their students and work with corporations to bring in student interns into the corporate environment when they're in mm-hmm. high school. Okay. Um, and we as a company, we, you know, sponsor that. We, you know, kind of provide um, some tuition support to those students. And then they actually come and provide work for us. Um, but what's been so, so interesting about this partnership is how symbiotic it is because we're bringing in these um, high school students, these, you know, kids, for lack of a better <laughs> word, <laughs> yep. um, into a perfect environment. And it has... Uh, created just such a platform of learning for our our managers, the managers of these interns, the teams that they become a part of, um, of really learning their experience and, and, you know, kind of what support they need as high school workers and as they're thinking about their college career. Um, And then the leadership of the Crystal Ray Network of high schools, how much they've really given into our corporate environment as far as making connections with like-minded corporations, like other Mm -hmm. uh, companies that they partner with um, and bringing us into different events where we can give back into the community even more mentorship or in other ways. And so we've really just leveraged this this partnership. It started just in Chicago, but now we partner in New York City and San Francisco. And again, it's really kind of opened the doors to a lot of different um, relationships, just even beyond Crystal Ray and beyond the internship themselves. It's awesome too, because the students that we've worked with, um, you know, they go on to college, sometimes they intern with us on their college breaks, and we've hired several of them like post-grad 
That's awesome. Um, so they're a part of our workforce and they're you know part of the family. So that's been really, really meaningful. Um, and we have we have several others. And you talked about like not nonprofit, but other mm-hmm. partnerships. And um, where an, uh, this is a little bit more vendor um, related, but something that we've really focused on is the mental health aspect of DEI. And so um, we do a lot with a few different mental health partners um, that provide uh, different type of mental health services into our organization um, from, you know, meditation series to Mm -hmm. much more robust therapy packages where our employees have access to mental health experts. Uh, And that's been just a a real focus of ours, Um, certainly during the pandemic years and, you know, more recently. um, But that has been uh, kind of a combination of our well-being and our DEI initiatives and really kind of comes together uh, to support the people in our organization. I'm a big fan of, well, meditation and therapy, but I wouldn't say meditation, especially in a work environment where there are definitely organizations that start every meeting with, okay, we're going to do a 30-second meditation or something shorter. But it's not the norm, I think. And I think a lot of organizations are shifting that direction, which I'm excited to see. And I'll just add, uh, you know, this was one of the things that we actually brought on a pack with purpose. So now, especially during our peak holiday season where things get very busy and, you know, as a result can be more stressful, we have a weekly optional meditation time for folks that want to opt in. They can do so. And so that's on the calendar. And if you can make time for it and want to join, you can. Um, and one of the things we did was, you know, as a response to an employee survey where really we really understood what were the topics the issues and uh, the requests that mm-hmm. our team had, um, you know, within the Jedi uh, uh, mindset, you know, having a real focus on mental health, uh, you know, rose to the top. And so as a result, we created Summer Friday policy where, you know, yeah. every other Friday was a half day and just understanding what was the right way of doing that. You know, was it staggering across the team? Was it having uh, having it be company-wide? And just one of the learnings, you know, in digging deeper and asking the questions to employees, I think that's where, you know, as a company, you learn a lot. And so what we understood was staggering across departments was not the right way to do it because part of what created, you know, uh, a potential opportunity for stress was coming back to the office over the weekend mm-hmm. where you now have an inbox that is bombarded with emails from your colleagues that you haven't had a chance to, you know, get caught up with. And so just really interesting learnings to ask the questions, to get the responses from, you know, your own colleagues to inform what those policies or practices should be. It's making me think of, I'm not going to get all the organizations right, but I know Bumble did this. I think LinkedIn did. A lot of the Trevor Project team did where they did their kind of week off, where a lot of these organizations said it's not enough to just give people time off. But it's this concept of if work is happening when I'm gone, then it's harder to disengage. And it's it's difficult to come back to that full inbox. So having everybody take that time off at the same time works much better for a lot of organizations. So I love that you approach this as, okay, we have summer Fridays, but what works for our team? And then listened in a way that got you to the best possible outcome. Absolutely. And, you know, I think asking the question, sometimes when you ask a question, you might be nervous or, you know, unsure about what the response will be. But if you're asking the question, it's because you know that you're going to gain an insight. And if you use that insight to create the right practices, you know, your your JDE&I efforts are going to be that much stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, your business is different than Mary's. You have a supply chain. You've talked about this a little bit already with your impact partners, but I'd love to learn more about 
who do you partner with in this area to do the impressive work that you do? Yeah. So, you know, as a corporate gifting company, what makes us different is that all of our products are sourced from impact partners that are purposeful, Mm -hmm. right? So impact partner is the affectionate term we give to our product suppliers. And so they, you know, our supply chain is different from a lot of other companies. And so we have intentionally sought to work with suppliers who are diverse or woman-owned. So close to 60% of our impact partners are actually from diverse or woman-owned businesses. So those could be um, you know, founders or companies that identify as Black, as BIPOC, as AAPI, as LGBTQ+, or as, you know, women-led businesses. Um, and, you know, another thing that has been really important for us in our journey um, is that our impact partners have impacted the language that we use. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that, you know, we've become uh, keenly aware of is just the power of language to uh, you know, uh, direct or impact the social impact that we create. So for example, um, you know, as opposed to using the term minority owned, which was one of the terms that we were using and talking about our impact partners, we, uh, you know, now use the term diverse owned, um, or as opposed to talking about, uh, at risk youth, you know, we now use the terminology youth in need, or as opposed to using terminology like domestic violence, we now use uh, the language relationship violence. And all of this has really been informed by, uh, I would say, listening acutely to the language Mm -hmm. that our impact partners are using, sometimes overtly asking questions to make sure that we're using the right terminology when we're talking about our, you know, uh, our closest partners, which are our product suppliers. And Leah, you've got a fabulous webinar with us on the specific topic of language and what are the right words to use? How do you figure this out? How do you bring in the the end user, I'm going to call them, or the people that are really living this experience to inform that? So I, I'm going to link to that in the show notes so that listeners can go find that as well. And I want to shift a little bit to, OK, so we're talking about new programs and how do you advance but there's also probably some programs that may not be a fit anymore. So how, Leah, maybe we'll start with you. How do you assess some of your current programs or how have you for alignment with the new direction you're heading and then either update them, change them or sunset them if they're not a fit? Yeah, well, I would say the first thing is um, after every Jedi uh, organized event or learning, there's a survey that gets sent out. And, you know, it's a great way, just like for any event or conference that you might attend, you always want to send a survey immediately so that you can get your customers feedback. And so, mm-hmm. you know, in this case, the customer is our employee base. And so getting our employees feedback on, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, what could have been improved is a great way for us to understand even micro tweaks to whatever that, uh, uh, you know, learning day or, or event was, how can we make it better? So that's one thing. Um, we also have an employee survey twice a year. And so there are specific questions there that we are asking that both squarely fall within, you know, the Jedi lens, but also just have to do with, you know, how do we make Packed with Purpose a better work environment? And yep. so sometimes the way in which you ask a question will also elicit, uh, you know, a certain response. And so I think that that has been a really great uh, channel for us to get insights. Um, and then the last point I would say is our annual team retreat, because 
as a company that's steeped in social impact, we are also talking about a lot of these topics, you know, as it pertains to us, as it pertains to our impact partners. And so coming together as a remote first uh, company has been a great opportunity for us to double down and to ask those specific questions when we're all in purpose, when we're all uh, uh, together and we can purposefully think about some of these topics. And Mary, what about on your side? How do you assess programs to update them, sunset them, whatever that looks like for you? Very similar um, in the sense that it comes through listening to the feedback um, from our employees kind of first and foremost. So um, we mentioned before, uh, we've got this global organization and we are generally speaking remote as well um, across our employee base. And so uh, we do ask questions in our standard engagement survey, as Liat mentioned. Um, We are actually uh, just about to launch. So it's in final creation, a DEI and social impact specific survey. So we're going to start having um, our annual survey. And then, uh, you know, kind of six months later, a DEI and social impact survey that we will run annually, really for this exact purpose. We're going to dive a little deeper. Our annual survey has, you know, maybe four or five questions that are DEI related. And this will kind of make that a bit more robust and ask really specific questions around what types of things that we're doing that are resonating well and, you know, where might people not be as engaged. Um, certainly, you know, we do offer a lot of different opportunities for our employees to get involved. Um, we do something that's been really meaningful that we call our culture conversations. Okay. And so we host these, generally speaking, once a quarter, um, but we do pop them on the calendar if there are you know, major events or topics that we think are really kind of, um, you know, resonating across our employee base where we want to hold space. And they're mm-hmm. typically um, 90 minutes and we invite the entire entire global workforce to them. Um, and they are our most highly attended corporate events, <laughs> you know, wow. kind of across uh, the whole company. We'll get several hundred people joining these culture conversations. And, you know, we've had topics around... Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, racist activities that are happening out in the world. And, you know, what's the response to that? We've had um, topics around, uh, you know, political conflict and war. We have employees in Ukraine, for example, mm-hmm. um, one of the countries that we operate in. Um, it, gosh, just so many other topics that we've just created space for. And, and what we see in those conversations is, you know, a good portion of people joining to listen, to learn um, from what's being shared, but a, a huge number of employees that are really speaking up and sharing some of their own you know, stories and perspectives in what is a pretty large remote space, <laughs> you know, so it's a very vulnerable uh, space to be in. And so in any case, we look at those types of things that we do and, you know, what's the participation that it's drawing. So if we start to host um, certain activities and, you know, attend attendance is starting to dwindle, right? right? That would be certainly an indicator for us that it's not resonating. Um, but what's been amazing is just, you know, the overwhelming participation in some of these events, um, certainly feedback on training. What I will just share though, is um, we do, uh, we've been at this for a number of years and we, over the last couple of years, more specifically have really started to tighten up on our data um, as mm-hmm. it relates to looking at quarterly and annual uh, data. So we do look at our, um, certainly our demographics, you know, kind of a starting place, but we look at our exit interviews. We look at the survey data that's coming in from these various um, formats. We look at the training data and that's really, you know, directionally showing us where we are having an impact within the employee base, where we believe we need to, you know, have greater focus. 
And, you know, you can't focus everywhere. So if, if we're going to choose and prioritize to focus in one direction, then we make those decisions to stop focusing or mm-hmm. to pull back in some of those other places. And so uh, we meet on a biannual basis with our executive leadership team. Uh, to go through that data. And then our director, along with our, we call them the Be the Difference committees. Um, I like that. They uh, they work from that, right? So it, a lot of it is generated through, we've got several different committees that focus in different areas of DEI and social impact. Um, and so they're really kind of keeping it running throughout the year. And then the executive leadership team kind of weighs in and uh, gives direction and helps to steer the course for the subsequent quarters. So I can talk about kind of the internal initiatives for probably hours, but I want to talk about the external, more of the consumer facing. So Leah, you work in this space and I'm curious, what are some of your best practices that you've seen or you've heard of, you've, you've brought on maybe in your own work of incorporating DEI and JEDI into these consumer facing campaigns and initiatives? Yeah, well, we we touched upon one of them, which is, you know, being intentional about the language that you use. And obviously that could be thought of, you know, in terms of internally for employees, but specifically for any company that has clients or customers, being really intentional about the language you use makes sure that your clients or customer base, it resonates with them and certainly doesn't alienate them. Um, And so I think some of the best practices and things that we've employed to that end is, you know, don't speak for specific populations. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like, uh, you know, any good CPG company would uh, have focus groups with their end customer in the same way, make sure that you are engaged in those conversations so that you can be using language, language that your consumer base, you know, will be proud to to hear you using and certainly will resonate with them. Um, And uh, making sure that that language accurately represents those populations. Um, obviously, making sure that your content is diverse, that it resonates with your target audiences. It's not only you know verbal content, but it's your imagery, it's your photography, it's your uh, you know any video content. Um, and I think part of that is just highlighting real stories um, from people that have a diverse set of of backgrounds. I think one of the things that we've also been uh, you know more mindful of and would probably just be a best practices for whatever kind of campaign, marketing, strategic, otherwise that a company is putting forth. um, I think it's always important not just to have the content team or whoever the team is putting that together, you know, driving that, but make sure that you are uh, reaching out and thinking about, you know, which other individuals do you want to have double check or review whatever mm-hmm. campaign or content is being you know put out to your customer base to make sure that um, you know you've got those checks and balances because I think in this uh, in this environment you know it, it's just obvious you need the representation in order to make sure that what you are saying or doing um, you know outwardly resonates and so if you don't have that representation the next best thing to do is making sure that you're reaching out to those audiences so that they can provide their uh, perspective. And Leon, since you work in this space, I'm curious, are there any consumer-facing campaigns that come to mind that you think listeners should take a peek at or you think are particularly impactful? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I think Target as a you know consumer-focused brand and a retailer, they've just mm-hmm. done an incredible job. And you know, part of that is not just in the types of people that they are representing in their marketing, um, you know, in terms of having racial diversity or having, uh, you know, children with Down syndrome, um, you know, in a whole host of diversity in their advertising and in their visual, uh, visual displays and imagery. 
But in addition to that, um, for example, they have created a line of adaptive clothing, right? So they're actually going down to product development into the products that they are offering to their customer base to make sure that, um, you know, it really not only resonates with their customers, but it, you know, in, in the business sense, it's providing a need that their customers are looking for. Um, and, you know, beyond that also, they uh, have really doubled down on advertising and creating space in their retail store for uh, diverse owned businesses and brands. And so I think that you just see it all over the place in the products that they create, in the space that they actually have in the retail store, and then in the way in which they advertise. Target is such a good example. They're not one that would have come to mind for me immediately. But as soon as you said it, I was like, yep, that that makes sense. And I like seeing the variety of ways that they do this. And as you said, part of it is the kind of the images, the creating space, et cetera. But there's also a business component to this of having diverse owned businesses in store or creating products that work for adaptive clothing is going to make a lot of sense. So it's it's the marriage of those two pieces that I think can work particularly well. All right. So transitioning a little bit, Mary, we are coming to the end of our episode, and I'd love to know what piece of advice or tip do you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah. um, You know, I think having, you know, spent a lot of time um, over the last, you know, five or six years in my current role working through this, I think my biggest takeaway is like, you don't have to get it right all the time. Mm. And, And so I think at the beginning, we were so concerned. I was so concerned or we were so concerned as we were building it of like, are we doing the right thing to the last point? Are we saying the right thing? You know, um, you know, trying to get it all right. And at the end of the day, that actually slowed us down. And so um, instead, just really embracing it as a learning opportunity. And I think the world's kind of awoken to that over the last couple of years, certainly. Um, but really just coming at this with genuine curiosity, that active listening that Liat said, like, you know, just picking up on things um, and just being observant and curious, I think is most important. And and the other thing is, um, I mean, just even, you know, the community that, that you're cultivating with this podcast, but it is such a collaborative space. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other thing that I've, that I've come to find is that we have been able to cultivate such a strong network of supportive people doing the same DEI work. Um, our competitor, one, we just went and trained at one of our competitors and the CEO <laughs> was like, I can't believe you sent your director to train here. You know, we're competitors. And we're like, we're not competitors in DEI work, right? Like yeah. we're all here for, for the same reason. And, um, and anyway, just, we can rely on each other. And I think that's just a really important part of this. And Leah, what about you? What would you want to leave our listeners with? I would say engage in the conversation, even if it's imperfect or messy. JDE&I in and of itself, you know, if you think about it, it's going to be a space where some people feel more or less comfortable. Some people will want to be more vocal or will want to be in the background. Some people will have extreme knowledge and some people will feel wholly uh, inadequate in the information that they, they hold. And so A, just being aware of that, but B, just knowing that it will be imperfect, it may be messy, but by having conversations, you're moving forward, um, right? Because with those conversations, you're providing individuals with new perspectives. You are, as a, you know, as a business or as an executive team, you are changing your practices or policies, right. um, and you're really educating individuals along the way. All right. Well, Mary, where can people learn more about you and Advanced Group if they'd like to do that? Well, the internet, 
Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, no. What so, is this magical yeah, thing? Of course, right? No, so um, certainly advanced group. Uh, I mentioned before, uh, we're in several different spaces, but the advanced group of companies, you can check out our website. We've got four or five different business units. Um, one of our biggest business units in the clinical trial space, Advanced Clinical, does really amazing work. Um, our other business units as well, Wonderland Group, um, Advanced Resources, Katina Solutions, uh, and Advanced RPO. So we're kind of a family of companies. Um, and certainly on LinkedIn, I will say... Um, Advanced group from an employment brand perspective, we le leverage our LinkedIn company page as really our primary avenue for sharing our DEI work. Um, at the end of the day, our employment brand really does speak about what our commitments are. And so uh, that is the channel that we share out with the organization and certainly with our own employees and, of course, perspective prospective employees um, on what we're doing in this space. So it's a very it's very active for us. Um, mm -hmm. So I encourage folks to take a look there, too. Awesome. And Leah, what about Packed with Purpose? Uh, like Mary said, the internet. So for us, it's probably <laughs> our website, which is packedwithpurpose.gifts. Otherwise, LinkedIn as well, uh, you know, Packed with Purpose's um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn page is probably the best place to not only um, see some of the things that we are uh, doing that are expressly JDE&I, but also some of the other things um, like the podcast, uh, the webinar that you were referring to, mm -hmm. Ellie, around words matter and some of the other uh, thought leadership actions and activities that we're doing that have to do with social impact at large. Wonderful. Well, we will include all of that in the show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. Mary and Liat, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, this was wonderful. Thank you. The Engage for Good podcast is produced in partnership with True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright. Music this week is by Alex Make Music and Rex Banner. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, we hope you'll consider doing just that for our show. But the best thing that you can do to support Engage for Good is simply to share this show with a friend or colleague. Thank you for listening. <laughs>